This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. You're tuned into Kelly and Ramia on AMI, and we are getting into the next part of our show. I just don't want to waste any more time, Kels. I'm very much looking forward to the round table. Oh, glad you're (laughs) conscious-minded. My goodness. All right, Mm -hmm. let's get you to work here then for the first time today. Uh, Folks, (laughs) we bring it on on Thursdays. We call it the round table, and we chat, and uh, let's get into it. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just you, saying. The blind guy feels it now goes, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. And today's guest, Karen McGee, joining us, of course, from Morrisburg. Uh, and, uh, of course, she is our de- content development specialist. I still, I still, Karen, always look at case John Melville changes your guys' handles over the, like, oh, John, I think I needs to be changed. I'm always afraid to look down and, what do you mean you've changed their titles again? Welcome back. I, I promise you when we change them again, because you know we will. Um, oh, yeah. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. <laughs> do you have any ideas what you guys might get called? Well, I mean, that nope. you can say on the air. Oh, I do, but I'm not going to say. Oh, oh, it sounds like it's coming soon, Rum. I don't know. Mm. Don't start any, Don't you dare start any this rumors. This is how rumors actually start on our show. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they'll be as long as CNIB ones. Anyway, here we go. Our first item, the latest numbers in the U.S. have plummeted. They say that birth rates, excuse me, have plummeted over the last, uh, well, through the 21st century. Let's take a listen. Between 2007 and 2022, the nation's birth rate fell by nearly 23 percent, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, down to about 11 births per thousand people. As demographers try to explain why it's happening, not just in the U.S. but around the world, some economists worry that there won't be enough young people in the future to care for an aging population. Environmentalists applaud the birth rate decline, saying it reduces stress on the planet's resources. Jim Ryan, ABC News. Hmm. So, Karen, we give a thumbs up on, okay, it takes uh, down some of the stress if we want to buy that because we're still harming everything else. But that's that's not a great sign as we age. And, hey, who's going to be around to help us out? Well, I'm very lucky. I have a niece and nephews who are already sort of tapped to do that. Um, do they know? <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. My sister knows. Their mother knows. <laughs> their their yeah, mother knows. A like, uh... There's a sign-up sheet that they've already had their names put on. <laughs> They've got a big load to carry. I've been very nice to them in their youth. My oldest niece just turned 16. I've been incredibly nice and generous to them just so that they will think of that. Conditionally. That's right. It is time to make... Okay, what was was the best Christmas gift you gave them? Like, I want to hear this. How do you mean being nice? Well, I mean, trips trips to water parks, Disney's. Uh Like, when they came to my place, they could play video games as long as they wanted. No real bedtime. We'd do adventures. I'm the the fun fun aunt. Yes. Your sister's going to love this now. I hope she's listening. She knows. You did I, I always, what? I no. I always checked with her first. She knew. Mm-hmm. She she agreed that it's okay for kids to have fun time at Aunt Karen's and just kind of make. No, they don't. The kids don't know. I check with their mom first. <laughs> um, but I do. I mean, I'm not going to you know take them somewhere where she's not going to want them to go or go. See, you know, if I'm taking them to a movie that I may question, I would check with her first. Um, but yeah, like I never had any kids. Um, mostly it was work related. I was working a job in my childbearing years where um, 
it would have been nearly impossible to be able to afford to have a child because uh, childcare would have been so exorbitant. Right. Um, just with the hours that uh, we were working. So I, it, it was, it wasn't something that I never said I didn't want. I love kids. Um, but just work was always first, if that makes sense. And then it mm -hmm. was too late. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because you got a, in a lot of, a lot of our heads, this is what we want and where our focus is to get things going on our level of what we feel responsible for. Ramya, any thoughts for you in the sense of what, what we see going on here is, I mean, I'm not surprised I've heard this trend and I'm sure the world has had it go up and down, but yeah. I also see that people live differently, so differently, whether you're, you're in a Toronto, whether you're in a rural area, and there are a lot of people that just say, I'm not sure I want to do that or have time for that or bring children into this world. You, you'll, you'll hear the odd comment like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely lifestyle choices is something I was going to bring up because you mentioned work, Karen, and I think that's a big, big part of it, like women in the workplace and uh, just full-time work being as prioritized, if not more, which might be like a big, a deeper root of this trend of um, less kids and, and less people having kids or wanting to have kids. I also think that going to the other side of it, of uh, elderly um, citizens being taken care of, there's a lot of change in that regard as well, right? Like people will have kids potentially, but um, taking care of our own parents and uh, that caregiving has moved to a slightly different way of being as well, which is just care homes and um, other situations where it's not necessarily your kids taking care of you. I mean, that's very well known in different parts of the world, but here in North America, at least like in, in big cities and such, uh, there are other options out there for you if you can afford it. And that seems to be mm. coming, being, becoming bigger and I bigger. I wonder if some of that care is what's also reflected here as being a concern because of those younger people, less people working in that in the field because there are less people. I wonder if some of that is also factored in with this or if it's primarily families. Consciously, of, yeah. Well, yeah, and a lot of cultures, you take care of your parents. You don't send them off to a retirement home or whatever unless they're in the shape to say, yes, I'm fine, I'm going there. Uh, if they need that at medical, in a lot of cultures, the, the people stay. You, you the, the family sticks together and, and takes care of. So I'm interested to see because I, I think mostly like what you ladies have said, people just have different focuses. And we also know certain countries have said, hey, like China, this is how many kids you're allowed to have. Otherwise, you're committing a crime here. Um, and I'm sure uh, somewhere as big as China, it, it's going to have a, an effect on those numbers. Um, as the city of Lewiston, Maine, recovers from the state's largest mass shooting, a few celebrities had small parts in boosting the spirits of local high schools. In a football rivalry, Lewiston, Lewiston High School and uh, Edward Little High School in Auburn played last night. Now, this game was postponed from Friday night while Pete, people, the police searched for a gunman who had shot and killed 18 people and injured 13 others. Retired New England Patriot Rob Gronkowski and actor Will Ferrell uh, made a hype video. You guys are amazing. Sticking together to stay strong through these tough times. Let's bring it on. Let's bring it on like it's Donkey Kong. Uh, all right. Now, James Taylor did an acoustic version of the national anthem before the game, and U.S. President Joe Biden and the First Lady are on their way to meet with survivors of the shooting. Um, Rum, does this 
we see it more and more because, of course, with social media, with the ways that people can instantaneously interact or mm. put their feelings out there, whether they're writing it or doing a video. Um, what do you give this? A thumbs up when you see something like this done, these guys supporting these two high schools, which is, to me, nice, amazing. But how do you feel when you've seen it elsewhere? Anything that comes to mind? I think that, yeah, social media and this real-time interact activity can go either way um that's just the power of social media whether it ends up being um highly influential in a great way or highly in influential in a terrible terrifying way so with this obviously it's very supportive we know that this kind of thing is so easily widespread now um the impact is not lost on us on the influencers themselves that are putting out real-time posts or uh the the people who are you know receiving it right but at the same time i i I know that everything has the potential to stir up controversy and to stir up differences of opinion. So that's where we got to stay in our in our own better judgments in our heads, right? So it's not just how much the external is influencing us, but what we're taking out of it, what our judgments are uh, like when we see these posts, when we experiencing them, experiencing them, et cetera. For me... I prefer a post like this, uh, to know it's a direct to, to, uh, and positive, even where I know some people would prefer to hear if somebody's hometown uh, experienced something and that celebrity comes out condoning what's happened and so on. Uh, we obviously understand, we know, I mean, they're likely to to condone. I love it when it's channeled in this way mm -hmm. um, to inspire. I, I'm not so I'm not going to go out and look for all the the comments of you know this sick person, this all the nasty things that are said. We know all that, um, but I I just find this kind of thing for me, Karen. I, I gravitate to I I you know I, I I don't need to know that it's two celebrities necessarily. It is. It's great that they're seeing and and reaching out um, to to somewhere that's familiar and comfortable to them and they have their own personal reasons um but i love just seeing it. anything come to mind for yourself well i mean this is definitely using your powers for good not evil mm. um when it comes to these guys this isn't preachy it's when people who use their celebrity to preach at me about something about how i should feel about something don't do that okay. <laughs> excuse me um don't tell me how i should feel i can make my own choices so i i like this sort of thing um but don't tell me how I don't, they shouldn't be telling me how I should feel about things. No, no. And, and I, I just, I love it in this angle. Have some fun because that's the spirit people need. People are scared. People are upset. They've lost people in their community. And somehow you got to put a smile back on your face, even though, because first of all, the people who are gone would want you to. Life's got to move on. And, and that's the way it's got to go. And I think that's the way to pick it up. No, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a moment at a football game. Somebody else who had some interesting words as his book was released this week, Henry Winkler, said his parents had a favorite term for him in German. I'll see if I can say it right. Dummerhund, which means dumb dog. He says that his parents were abusive and punished him for being a poor student, which later he learned was because he had dyslexia. They did not want him to become an actor. Well, of course, until he became the Fonz on TV's Happy Days, and everyone in America knew his name. Winkler says that the message he wants to pass on is it is very much possible to succeed um, throughout uh, adversity in life. I cannot believe that Dummerhund, that dumb dog, has done this 
accomplish this. And the great thing is, there is always a way. You think you can't do something, but there is a way. Of course, as I mentioned, he's just released his autobiography, Being Henry, The Fonz, and Beyond. Here in our time, we know this guy. We remember, we know how the character, when he came on the show, for example, didn't even have speaking lines. And it always, and, and I think we spoke of this yesterday in our friends' conversation, Ramya, with Greg. It's amazing mm. when somebody is chosen to be the vehicle, um, in this case, uh, Ronnie Howard and the others that were there on, on the happy days, um, and Tom Bosley, of course, uh, the father on there. This guy came out of nowhere, Karen, and didn't have a clue that this is his background. Well, I mean, he was no, I mean, Ron Howard was the known name on that for the younger people because he had yeah. starred on um, the Andy Griffith show. But I've heard him tell this story before. He has to be the nicest man in Hollywood. And when you kind of think about that's how he was, you know, spoken to when he was a child. The fact that he has that reputation of being like the nicest person. Um, I very rarely heard anybody say anything bad about him. Um it it's that I think that says a lot about his character and how he grew up. But yeah, no, he's he's fantastic. I will watch him. His role in Scream is one mm. of my favorite roles he did because I mean, he hadn't taken a role that made him look like a bad guy before. Mm. Right. Such a good role. Right. I love that. Right. I love what, that. What was the what was the one he was in where he was high school? Was he the principal and it was a role? I can't think of he was it was more he, of he a, was, you know, he was a teacher in Happy Days. During Happy no, Days, it was he something was a else on a movie, and one a movie came oh, out in the nineties. And I have to look. I meant to was it, what? it was. It was a screen movies with Nev Campbell. No, it, was what I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, maybe okay. he, he might be right. Maybe that, but I but I saw him something else. I thought in in one, but he just did so many different things when he finally got that break, and I, I think it's amazing. Ramya, you hear this? Do you, does anyone come to mind for you that you know? We, we were talking so much about this yesterday, about the depression and stuff, but a lot of time people overcoming the negative of their own family saying, look, man, you know, get a grip of what you're going to do. Yeah, a lot of the times it's just um, coming to terms with your own past, right, and your own uh, resilience as well and saying, like, I made it here, like, actually, and you guys should feel uh, the, the power of that. The most recent thing that I can point to is the Britney Spears memoir, uh, The Woman in Me, which I'm not going to get too much into, obviously, right now, but it's very similar things you know she lived through a lot she struggled through a lot her family put her through a lot and uh, she had to and still is coming over a lot of that stuff so it's really that background that you get from people being honest and that admitting that it was a, a long process to come to terms yeah, you, you really hate when you hear, it's one thing to try to get a child, Karen, to understand, hey, man, this is a challenge, what you want to do. Are you up for it? That kind of thing. But the out and out, say you're too stupid to do this. Mm -hmm. Don't even bother. Focus on you know, some of the most acting. impactful people in your life at the time, oh. which is your family. Yeah. yeah, and who have hold the cards, especially when this man was a young man. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine hearing that over and over again. Um, you know, I was lucky. I had parents who even when I wasn't good at something, they would say, well, maybe that's not quite for you, but it would never felt mean or it was more, mm. it was more helpful or anything. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's amazing when you see somebody who like, like Ramya said, the most impactful people in your life are putting you down and they end up, you know, 
having a reputation of being the nicest person because he could have taken that what his parents said to him and kept doing that to people yeah. but he broke the, yeah. he broke well, the cycle and i think right? for him he broke the cycle and that's what put him on top not just to be successful but to have that reputation because in his mind i don't want to be that person i mm -hmm don't want to treat people the way my parents treated me the way I was raised and I, I love when we run into cases like that it's uh pretty amazing uh McGeezer thanks anytime for you buddy all right we'll get you back on the roundtable soon Karen McGee of course our uh content development specialist handling things uh, out east and beyond sort of like the <laughs> yeah. Henry, Henry's book right beyond <laughs> yeah. uh we were at oh all right, thank you. I almost I almost went beyond my role here as, uh, as host of the roundtable. Go on, Ron. <laughs> We're going to be right back. We're going to wrap up the show, tell you what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown as well. we got a cute little closing moment for you. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.